You're listening to Intentional Optimists, the podcast for unconventional leaders, where you'll find inspiration, learn to discover and develop your own strengths, and hear from inspiring women just like you who are making a difference in their community. Who knows, you just might find yourself stepping up as the next unconventional leader right where you are. I'm your host, Andrea Johnson, the original Intentional Optimist. I truly dislike being in limbo. I don't like waiting around for the other shoe to drop, and that's the phrase I use. I like to have the loop closed. I like to come back around and put a pin in it. I like to tie things up and to square things off. How about you? Am I the only one who doesn't like transition or change? Welcome to episode 51. Today, let's talk about transition or change management. Or the new phrase I've learned is liminal spaces. Because let's face it, we're all in at least one. I'm recording this podcast on September 11th, 2021, the 20th anniversary of the attacks on the United States. All the remembrances today are not about closing the loop. They're about continuing the grief process and continuing to grow. We are... Mid-September here in the U.S. and with COVID-19, we're back to losing over a thousand people each day to this pandemic. We now have vaccine mandates and potential booster shots. Unemployment benefits have just, the extra ones have just ended. I have friends who have lost family members in the past year. Heard of another friend who lost a family member today. Several of my friends have been divorced in the past year. That puts a financial strain on everybody, not to mention the uh, unemployment benefits ending. (laughs) But not all change or transition is bad. For instance, I think all of the school systems are finally open in the United States. We've been in school for over 20, 20 days. I think it's 22 school days, so it's been a month, basically. Several of my friends have gotten married. My dad got married. Um, I've had several friends start a business. I've quit my job to do my business full time. What if you're starting a nonprofit? And then there's just the things that continue to go on and on on a regular basis, which is constant change, which is things like personal growth or weight loss, or let's face it, raising kids. That never stops, right? We are exhausted, I think, on a global scale from being in a constant state of transition, or what many people are now calling liminal spaces. I hadn't heard that term before, so when I looked it up, it really made sense. In architecture, liminal spaces are defined as the physical spaces between one destination and the next. So common examples of such spaces would include hallways, door thresholds, or airports, and believe it or not, streets. But in life, it's the space between what was and what's next. It could be the journey, but many times it's a season where we wait not really knowing what's coming. It could be a season of opportunity to learn and grow if we're able. Author and Franciscan friar Richard Rohr describes this space as, where we are betwixt and between the familiar and completely unknown. There alone is our old world left behind, while we are not yet sure of the new existence. That's a good space where genuine newness can begin. Get there often and stay as long as you can by whatever means possible. This is the sacred space where the old world is able to fall apart and a bigger world is revealed. If we don't encounter liminal space in our lives, we start idealizing normalcy. I like that little phrase there. We start idealizing normalcy. We get complacent. 
rigid, unable to bend without breaking, easily saturated. And that's a a phrase that I keep using for some of the behavior that I see in the world today. People are just saturated. But what if you're not looking for a threshold of waiting or a transition? Unfortunately, they're inevitable. And they're almost always disruptive. Some of them in a good way and some of them in a not so good way. Or what if it just doesn't seem to end? I mean, why would one want to get there often and stay as long as you can? I think the goal here is to start seeing these spaces, or just change and transition in general, as opportunities rather than burdens. Of course, that takes work, and energy, and willingness. And I've got a few tools that help me navigate them, even if they just keep going, and going, and going, and well, you get the point. And I'm going to share them with you and how they've intersected with the tenets of intentional optimism, because in reality, they all overlap and intertwine like dozens of Venn diagrams. I've shared before that intentional optimism has become much more than just a philosophy, but it is a personal growth plan for me. So what I'm going to share today is four tools that help me and now can help you navigate transition or liminal spaces. All right. The first one is an honest self-awareness. This is where personal work starts, doesn't it? Looking at yourself in the mirror and just seeing you, understanding yourself, your traits, your strengths, your weaknesses, and then taking responsibility for all of it, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Looking at and then taking responsibility for your choices and how they've affected where you are in the transition, how you view it and how you're moving through it. This could be as simple as changing your thoughts or your attitudes but it could involve forgiving yourself for actions that caused the need for a transition or beliefs that have made it harder and more difficult to actually bear. For instance, part of my growth journey, and I've shared a little bit about this, has involved a complete reevaluation of most of the beliefs, cultural, social, spiritual, and doctrinal, that I assumed I was raised with. I've dealt with very real grief over things that I assumed were true because I just trusted that leaders I was listening to were quote-unquote right. And I've had to take responsibility for my own laziness, let's just call it what it is, and forgive myself so I could move forward. And this is reflected in the intentional optimism tenets of both optimistic and wise. I'm learning to allow myself to see all the sides in a situation, going in with my eyes open, assuming nothing. That is way harder than it seems, (laughs) or than it sounds. (laughs) I know, you're thinking, actually, that does sound really hard. But what it does is it helps me trust that I can then take in information, evaluate it, and act on it. That is being optimistic. It's trusting that I can actually do something positive with whatever information I receive, no matter who determines what the facts are, right? I also understand that there's really nothing new in the world, right? Like Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. We're not the first to experience any of these things, y'all, good or bad. And we have all those who have gone before us as examples of things to do and things to not do. (laughs) And learning from others, boy, that's wise. So that's the first tool that I have, is looking at myself in the mirror and understanding and having a good self-awareness. Number two, healthy boundaries. Another piece of being wise is understanding and respecting boundaries, which is the second tool I'm learning to use for navigating transitions. In their seminal book, Boundaries, When to Say Yes and How to Say No to Take Control of Your Life, 
Henry Cloud, and John Townsend cover topics like how can you set limits and still be a loving person? What are legitimate boundaries? And how do you effectively manage your digital life so it doesn't control you? Or what if someone else is upset by my boundaries? Gosh, that's a big one, right? I don't want, I don't want to um, upset people. So I, <laughs> I am learning how to allow other people their feelings over my own boundaries, but I have to set my own. How do I answer someone who wants my time, love, energy, or money within my own boundaries? Or why do I feel guilty or afraid when I consider setting boundaries? That's a good one. Aren't boundaries selfish? No. I Look, I highly recommend this book, and I've included a link for it in the show notes. I can't tell you if there's been one client that I haven't recommended the book to. It's just that good. And I've discovered the need to set both internal and external boundaries. For me, internal boundaries are things like thoughts, what I will allow to stick around and affect the way I see situations, people, and relationships. And then external are things like, what I do or don't do, what I expose myself to, who I interact with. And I do this online and in person. There are certain things, it's like I consider my online space to be my yard. And there are some aspects of my yard that I allow to be open. And there are some aspects of my yard that have a fence around them. So there's things I don't allow on those spaces. But those are my boundaries, right? They don't need to be your boundaries, You have to decide what yours are. They're inherent in the tenets of being wise, intentional, present, and courageous. Actually, they probably are in all of them, but knowing where I end and where you begin, respecting those lines, that's wise. Intentionally planning with purpose and care for myself and others as I make decisions on where my boundaries lie beforehand gives me the ability to be gracious and not react with visceral emotion. Not that I'm perfect, mind you, because golly, can I give some emotional reactions? (laughs) But it still gives me the opportunity to set those boundaries beforehand and decide and then be gracious when I explain my boundaries. Let's put it that way. And then consistently getting back up when I fall, that builds my resistance and gives me more courage to keep moving forward. So setting healthy boundaries is a really good way to help you move through liminal spaces, to just survive in them and then thrive in them. The third one, and this is going to sound really familiar if you listen to me at all, it's know your own core values. Yep. Again, you're going to hear this from me over and over because knowing what is inherently important at your core who you are at your most pure form allows you to evaluate your opportunities and circumstances and make choices based on what resonates with you at your core. I have worked with countless clients who, having never even looked at their own values, walk away from the exercise of of figuring them out with amazing self-awareness, self-respect, and phenomenal confidence. Talk about being able to set some boundaries. Then they begin making decisions that will serve them. And when they make decisions that serve them, they have joy, they have excitement, they can actually build better relationships, and they can make every decision from from their work to um, what they do for entertainment to how they build a family, all of those based on their core values. And the intentional optimism tenets of both present and energetic are represented here. Knowing and being present and in alignment with your values allows you to get curious about you, 
and your circumstances. Being kind, open, and generous where you can, and stepping away where you can't or where you don't need to be involved, boy, that's good. Operating in alignment with your core values creates avenues of creativity and joy, allowing you to focus your energy on what brings flourishing to you and those around you. I've discovered this recently as I am launching my full-time business. When I was employed and doing my business on the side, I only had a certain amount of time that I could do work. So it was very clear what I was going to do and what I wasn't. And I've had to figure out how much or how wide I'm going to open my net in order to um, be full-time and self-employed. And I've had to learn, okay, that the hard way, quite frankly, I walked through an exercise of thinking I was going to offer a specific service. And then I realized, oh, this is not in line with my values. And this is not what I need to be doing. It is literally stealing my energy. It was literally giving me anxiety. Those kind of things, I have to say, whoa, I have values set for a reason. I have guardrails up. This is how I need to make decisions. And guess what? It's a better decision for me and those potential clients for the simple fact that they would have had somebody working with them that was not engaged. It would not have provided flourishing for either party. And that's really important to me. So the first three things, again, are knowing yourself, honest self-awareness, developing healthy boundaries, knowing your core values, and the fourth tool that I use to help navigate transition is embracing community. Now, in community, we find supportive relationships, partners to help in purposeful engagement, and a place of help and encouragement as we continue to press on, as we get up from every failure, every fall that we have. Sometimes just having somebody to talk to can make all the difference in the world. How many times have you thought you were alone, like the one person on earth dealing with one particular issue? only to be surprised to find, to your great relief, joy, and excitement, that there were people available to you, both in person and online, who've either already walked that road or are walking it now. How do you feel when that happens? You don't, you no longer feel alone. You feel accepted. You feel encouraged. And you're there with people who know how to help you navigate it or to walk with you. We were not created, my friend, to live in isolation. We were created for fellowship and community. And if we can't get together in person yet, some people do, in some places they are, it just depends. We have so many resources on which to build, celebrate, and engage in vibrant community. Surely you can find something. Even if community isn't one of your top core values, I know it won't surprise you, it is my top value, or you're an extreme introvert, right? We all need the support of others. And interestingly, this one is reflected in all six of the tenets of intentional optimism. Let me run through them really quick. Promoting unity is optimistic. Generosity in relationships, that's present. Life-focused and uplifting others is energetic. Leading with vision is courageous. And respecting others is wise. Nurturing growth and change in yourself and others is intentional. That is all six of the tenets of intentional optimism. I often wonder, because I did my values assessment after the tenets were created, and then I look back and I'm like, oh, well, it's not a big surprise that these wonderful definitions of community of like unity and generosity and uplifting and life focus and leadership and vision and respect (laughs) and nurturing growth and change that are 
all what I would consider hallmarks of good community, it's not a real surprise that those are big pieces of each one of the tenets. So the liminal spaces that we are in right now are myriad. I am surprised at how many there really are. I shouldn't be because there really isn't anything new under the sun. But almost every day, I talk to somebody who's in some kind of transition that I didn't even realize they were in. And it can be anything from just getting to know your school teachers for your kids to a death in the family. What is your liminal space right now? What is the opportunity that you have to actually grow? And which one of these tools will help you the most? Now, in the show notes, I've included links to different offerings and opportunities for each one. For instance, in those four tools for honest self-awareness, you could get a DISC assessment. That could help a lot because then you would at least know how you communicate. For healthy boundaries, I put the book in there. I put the link for the book for boundaries by Cloud and Townsend. For understanding your core values, I have my mini course, Uncovering Your Core Values. Literally, it just walks you through how to do it. And then for Embracing Community, I have the Intentional Optimist Facebook group. But if you want something a little bit more collaborative, where you can be held accountable for your goals and you can really be pushed and have more of an intimate community, there's the Collaborative Membership Community launched from the beach. All those links are in the show notes. And this wasn't meant to be a sales pitch for all of my products. But y'all, there's a reason that these are tools that I use. I am my first client. Who was I? I was talking to someone recently and he said, I really, he's got this big vision. I was talking to a friend. He's got this big vision. He said, I really didn't expect to be my first client. <laughs> and I just started laughing and I said, if there's anything I've learned about being a coach is that you are your first client. And he's not really a coach, but when we do things that are for other people and when we do try to build something really good and that's going to help like society flourish, we are our first client, Right. So if you need help or just a sounding board to figure out what your next step should be, drop me a note. There's my email, Facebook Messenger, IGDMs, LinkedIn Messenger. Just drop me a note and tell me how I can help or perhaps which tool is most helpful for you today. You might already have a great community, but you just don't really know how to set your boundaries well. Or you might have great self-awareness. But you're like, well, wait, how's that different from my core values? So let me know which one is the most helpful for you because we're heading into quarter four of 2021. <laughs> I mean, I see these, these memes and Facebook posts out there. A lot of them are like, wait a minute, I thought we were still in 2020. I know it's shocking that we're heading right into 2022, but you can finish out this year strong, my friend. Even if you don't actually come all the way through whatever transition you're in, at least you can finish it strong knowing that you're growing through the transition. You're in that amazing space where you can actually take control of what the end game looks like. How can we help? Let me know. The show notes contain all of the ways that you can find me, and I am here for you. You have what it takes. You are a leader. Because remember, unconventional leaders lead at any level, in any way, with their unique gifts. You can do this. Until next time. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you're an intentional optimist and you love this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review with a five-star rating. You can also snap a screenshot right where you're listening, share it to social media, and tag me. This helps others find us and we'll have an even bigger impact. If you're curious what it would be like to work more closely with me, or just to step up as an unconventional leader yourself, 
I invite you to schedule a free discovery session to talk with me and learn more. Just email me at andrea at theintentionaloptimist.com. If you're looking for an encouraging and uplifting community on Facebook, hop on over and join the Intentional Optimist group, women encouraging women from all over the globe. The community and email links are right here in the show description wherever you listen to the podcast. Until next time, remember, you're the answer. You are the future of leadership and the role models for future generations.